even you who's been trying to be positive with this organization for the last number of years when most of us have been negative, even this offseason's got to piss you off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no two ways about that. I will say, I do think people forget that, like, I, I think it matters that he initially had the biggest offer for Yamamoto. Yeah. Like, that that means something. And I think at some point in, in the business world, you recognize when you're just being used for leverage and getting played. Like... Yeah, I guess he could have gone to like 400. But I don't even know that. I really don't think Yamamoto was ever really planning on coming here. And it would have taken like something ridiculous to get him. And I think there was kind of a, a, an idea of like, if we get him, maybe we 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 start to make more moves. And if we don't, we get back to the long-term plan. I was just saying this to you off, Mike. I think with the Mets, one of the best things that happened to us as fans in recent years was 2022 but for the long term like the landscape of everything i almost wonder if it it got hopes up and it was kind of a little bit of like lightning in a bottle that we thought this is just you know cohen's here now and we're gonna be like this every year and it's like we are still we still didn't really even have a full-time gm or president at that time you know it was still a revolving door and there's still a lot of changes to make and i think we kind of got needed to get back to like we always he always had his heart and as I said on Stearns, I don't know. I mean, this guy better deliver. Because right. I mean, I've, been, I've been hearing his name for yeah how long now? He's probably pulling the strings on this past offseason, or, or sorry, not the offseason, but the trade deadline stuff right. before he was here. Right, like, right. There's you no have to doubt imagine. in my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so there's a lot of pressure on him, to be honest, more, more so than even Cohen. Um, I think when the time is right, I, I mean, it's just such a long-term thing when you talk about being an owner. You know what I mean? And I know New York, you know, we don't we don't have a lot of patience and we want things right away. And especially when you get a little taste of it where it was like, what could have been? But I think they did a very good job of like, wait a minute. You know, we had a long-term plan. All of a sudden, we catch lightning in a bottle. We're good. Let's go all in on some Hall of Famers, short-term, that aren't going to bog us down. And when it didn't work out, it's like, all right, let's get back to the long-term plan. So now, listen, if all of a sudden Pete Alonzo's walking and some of these big names go by without any real offers. Nobody's coming in. Then I'm going to get real. Then, then, then there's problems. Well, I, I, I think that he would pay Pete Alonzo if David Stearns wants Pete Alonzo on the team. I don't think that money is going to stop him. But I don't know if David what Stearns is not to want. I'll tell you, this, this is what he's going to say. Batting average. I, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I want Pete Alonzo signed. If he was signed this morning out of nowhere, which is not going to happen, I would be thrilled. I would have a positive opinion on him. I'm playing devil's advocate because sometimes he's met fans. You understand and get angry and they don't understand what, what you're trying to say. Uh, but this is what David Stearns will say. If the team is struggling and they get to the trade deadline and they're on track to win another 74, 75 games, okay. they're going to say, all right, this guy, what is he doing for us? We're still a bad team. Yeah. So he's the face of a franchise that hits a bunch of home runs on a bad team, like the famous Ralph Kiner line when he went mm -hmm. in to ask for more money after he led the league in home runs that we finished last, we can finish last without you. And he's going to say, look at the prospects and rebuilding this farm system, which we needed to do. It's priority one. And the guy's in his 30s. So what am I going to do? Give him eight years, nine years, ten years at this ridiculous number to just watch him depreciate over the next number of seasons? Or can I go and rebuild this team by making a huge deal at the trade deadline for a desperate team? That's what he's going to say. Uh, listen, I suppose if there's like the perfect offer and you're talking about top, top level prospects 
and it's you know almost like a Herschel Walker deal of of baseball. There's some logic to that for a franchise that has been devoid of sluggers. You know, prior to Pete, what was and homegrown ones. Bel- too. Beltron was what 41 home runs was the most yeah. we ever had in a season. Yeah, homegrown. A guy who's got pretty much a lock for 40 and 50 home run potential. Juice some balls and we're, hit, we're talking 60. Like, those don't grow on trees, man. Those, those, you're going to watch Pete Alonzo go hit several hundred home runs for another team. And what you said does logically make sense. And I actually do really appreciate the executives that don't get emotional and don't think that way, where they're just like, what is best for the team long term? Uh, I get all that. But, you know, you got to have some people. You got to have some guys on your team. And if you've already got a guy like Lindor locked up, it's like if they were totally, if there was no core at all, I could understand that. But if you've already got Lindor, Nimmo, Diaz, some of the pieces in place, Sanga, you know, like, you got to have a first baseman. You got to yeah. have some guys on your team. So, like, you, you can't go out there and be, like, a 50-win team. So, to me, I, I don't think there's any reason to not sign this guy. The money will be there. People kind of, you know, discount him. Like, you can, you can get you can get another first baseman. Like, corner, corner infield is not... Again, point to point to me the home run homegrown guy who's hitting forty to fifty home runs. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't happen. And yeah. I I think and tell me if I'm off base on this, but and I don't think I've ever even said this to Boomer, but we haven't talked a ton of Mets this offseason. It's been so much football, but I really do believe that part of the reason why this is even a discussion is his personality. Yeah, that he doesn't have that aura about him. He's a goofball, and I'm not yep. saying it's a bad thing. But, like, David Wright, when he was the face of the organization, was like, man, that guy is just perfect, mm-hmm. you know? And then a guy like Daryl Strawberry, he would walk around, he was huge. He just had, like, oh, my God, that's yeah. Daryl Strawberry. Mike Piazza, holy crap. Bigger Mike than Piazza. life, larger than life, yeah. Right, so, like, and Pete Alonso's just, like, this kind of goofy dude from Florida that's just like, hey, man, like, this is awesome. But you know what? If he would embrace that, yeah, it would work. Yeah. And... And I, I get that you want to be like, I'm the man. It's just off with him. Yeah. And I and I don't, I, I love the guy. I've met him a couple times. He's very, he's been nice coming on our show. He's given us time. Like, I, I don't mean it as a knock, but it's like, I almost wish I could like do PR for him. And like, yes. when, when I see, I, I say this all the time, to be honest. Yeah. What, what, my, what my second career after Barstool should be is PR for players and teams where it's like, don't send that tweet. Don't give that clip. Here's what you should say because these, some of these guys, it's like who who told you this was a good idea, you know? And I I think he tries to just be something he's not. I learned it myself on the internet. Like you try to be something, you try to be cool, you try to say this, you try to act like that, and when you're not, people can smell that a mile away. If you were to do anything else post barstool, it would be be a PR person for teams or athletes because. Some of the stuff they tweet and some of the stuff they do is just mind-numbing in the situation that they're mm-hmm. in. Now, yep. you know, someone might say, well, I mean, look at all the stuff that you put out there on social media. Totally different. That's, but you're, that's why I can do it. I can tell you it works. Exactly. Yeah. But it's but if you're an entertainer, you're going to throw everything out there. What you put out there is different than what Mackay Becton should be putting yes, out there. exactly. Uh, so don't think that uh, any of us are being hypocritical uh, when it comes to that stuff. So the, the latest one is, of course... Uh, the Jets, again on social media, which 
Rob Sala has no control of these guys. And it's just... I could give you example after example from liking the Zach Wilson sucks tweets to Makai Becton calling out Ryan Tannehill, basically calling him a racist for not uh, mentoring Malik Willis when he took those comments uh, out of context. It's just on and on and on. Uh, when when Dalvin Cook's name was out there, Brees Hall and I think it was Michael Carter started going, well, running back room's good, right? Like mm-hmm. everything they think is on social media. And the the latest one now... His sauce gardener, who is pretending to be the GM, and he's calling himself La Sauce, <laughs> like LeBron, where he can control who comes in and is on the team. Now, all right, I, I'm not so naive or so much of a stickler or an old man to this point where I'm like, like, like this isn't fun at all. I get that he's having fun, and it did, really doesn't matter. But if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm like, just shut up, man. Like, don't be tweeting at Mike Evans going, you know what we talked about. <laughs> and now also <laughs> seeing, like, I want to draft young at O-line and get a vet-wide receiver, LaSauce. <laughs> you can't be telling everybody what you want on the team. No, but I'll tell you what. At this point, like, we're just, like... Can anybody say anything back to him? The whole thing is, it's it's, it's all a joke again. You know yep. what I mean? It's all... <sighs> Sala, Douglas, like, who's really going to... Can you put anybody in their place when everybody... Like, there's nobody really running the show in... in so basically, you say the toothpaste way. can't go back in the tube at yeah. this point because it's just that this is the regime. Yes. These are the guys running it, and you can't all of a sudden say, okay, we're going to stop this behavior. And I don't think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, healthy or not healthy, changes that. It's like there's still so much that needs to be changed. Uh, I don't know, man. The Jets, it, that was another thing where, you know, we talked about with the Mets where you're like, you're cursed, and, you know, the Aaron Rodgers injury. And everything that came after that is like, yeah, come on. So think about this tweet. So f- well, sauce is great, though. I mean, if, you, if you're going to do it, at least well, like sauce. there is some some person. I do like sauce, and yeah. you know when you when you when, when you when you're a guy named Sauce Gardner, and you rock your own chain, and you and you have that sauce and swagger, you're not getting a uh, you know buttoned up. I'm not going to say anything on social media type of guy. So you kind of know what you're getting, and hopefully, what accompanies that is also a Hall of Fame career. Uh, which you know, I think he's capable of. So you know, uh, in that regard, let him have a little fun, I guess. But <laughs> but like this, this is going too far, in my opinion. Like, ha- have fun, great, love it, great personality, great player. But so Fox Sports NFL puts out something on X where it says, "Who's the best wide receiver in free agency market?" It's got all these names on there. Since Sauce Gardner quote tweets that goes, I'm going to sign Calvin, meaning Calvin Ridley. If that don't work, I'm signing Mike, meaning Mike Evans. I can't go wrong with either one of them. I feel like T, T Higgins, won't be available for me to sign. Hash, you know, then LaSauce. I mean, so, okay. Now, if Joe Douglas goes out, doesn't sign any of these guys, that's the first question. Your your star corner wanted you to sign all these guys. Is he now upset that you didn't do the job that he could have done? This is the problem where it's like you can't have any fun if you're not winning. Yes. If you're winning, this is all fun and games. It's like, ah, oh, you know, it's like he's he's assembling his fantasy team. He's he's pretending to be GM. He's just, you know, having fun on Twitter. Uh, but when everything, you know, when it rains, it pours. And it's like, just don't give them any more ammo. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I mean, so that that's what you would say to Sauce Gardner, right? Uh, yeah, but I <sighs> Sauce is like, Sauce is not really the problem in my mind. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like, there's just bigger issues, so I'm not going to get on him for that. But I think it's just, it's it's another example of how there is zero control over the locker room and zero accountability, because this is not the first time there's been some sort of social media situation. There's a mm-hmm. million of them I, with I the th- Jets. I think, like, I wouldn't compare this to, like, Mekhi Becton, though. You okay. know what I mean? Like, I think this is this is a little more playful and less harmful than some of the other comments and Zach Wilson sucks and things that are like actually detrimental. <laughs> yeah. Now this is like, are we talking about tampering and things? You know, there's other questions here, but like it's not on the level of, of some of the other stuff where it's like, this is actually harmful to the team. This is just like it being dopey. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just like, I feel like they're like Salah, Salah and, and Douglas, is, it's like they've had their time now. You know what I mean? It's it, It's been longer. You know, you look up and it's like they have they have their record. They have their – we see kind of who they are. And, you know, if it wasn't for this like Hail Mary Aaron Rodgers thing that has just like put them on life support in a way, like what would they have to show for it Exactly right. right. You know? That's the, that's the reason they're still here. Right. If Zach Wilson were the quarterback and they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, this thing would be over for them at this point because they tied – themselves to him and, and he, they, they had a, one great draft and they do have some pieces but like you know the bar is very low where it's like well they had that one good year where they drafted well it's like okay yeah. and what you know and Aaron Rodgers signed up for this regime these guys right he wanted to play for Rob Sala Joe Douglas and Nathaniel and Hackett you, you bring in his guys which right. you know is not a smart football move but at the time you're thinking let's make him happy unless like Aaron Rodgers can give you multiple years uh it you know it's like you just put all your eggs in that basket and that basket broke immediately <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> immediately